There you go. There's your opener. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are discussing an interview with God, a Christian movie starring Jason Strathairnome, I should point out, was also in Dolores Claiborne, which is a much better movie. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Nick Glover. I'm God. And Molly Glover. What? Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to turn into a Spartacus moment, which yeah, no, that's so too, too that's too obvious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are here to talk about an interview with God. Now it has been a while since yeah. we have uh, recorded an ep- episode about a Christian movie, and mm. um, yeah. I think the biggest issue that we have found with Christian movies, aside from their terrible, terrible, annoying theology, uh, has been how bad they are. Yeah. Especially the acting usually is really good. And so I'm here to say, before we go on to any other points about an interview with God, that the acting in this film is not terrible. Yeah, it was, I mean, they were acting. It was the least bad part of the movie. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. It it actually had uh, featured as God, Michael uh, Michael Strathairn. Um, excuse me, as the David, man, as the man, his character sorry. is the man. He's not God necessarily. He's, oh, is he? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he's the man. It's David Strathairn. And as, as we are uh, talking about this movie, what I've determined to do from time to time is mention other films that David Strathairn has been is in <laughs> that are very good. Very good. So uh, I'm, I'm just right now going to highlight back in 1983, he had a small part in the movie Silkwood. So if you would like mm. to seek out David Strathair, not as the man, but as a character named Wesley in the movie Silkwood, I would highly recommend that film. But we're not talking I, about that film, really. You should let me know. I also have a David Strathair in fact. So oh, just hit me good. when you're ready okay. for one. All right. So that's great. So uh, an interview with God. Let, let me explain what happens in this film for our listeners. Oh, I should point out, we are going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Can you but, spoil something that's already rotten? If, if you'd rather, <laughs> it's actually, I believe it is certified fresh. Uh, it, it, no, it's not. But it it did get like a, a surprising, like, I think it's 60% from yeah. critics and like 63% from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. And you can stream it on Pure Flix. There that's you go. P-U-R-E-F-L-I-X. Yeah. Pure Flix. All our listeners, yeah, subscribe yeah. to Pure Flix. Yeah, as, as you all obviously do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it should be noted that uh, that the very one of the very first title cards said that all proceeds from this film will be donated to charity. I did not indicate which charity. I'm no, presuming it's some sort of missionary charity. There are uh, terrible charities out there. Yeah. Well, so the the film was financed by giving films which is a charity based company yeah so, oh, so, so they just the, gave it to themselves it's entirely possible that they gave it to themselves sure 
they, sure. they being the charity, sure. and then they used it to go make more bad Christian movies. Which so, is probably, yeah, very, very charitable. I mean, then. that's just called being a production company. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're at a charitable production company mm-hmm. uh, because they're talking about God. And as You know what's know, not going to be charitable? My review of this oh, movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, how many reviewers reviewed it on Rotten Tomatoes? That's uh, a good question. Uh, you feel, tell the I listeners feel... what the, the overall plot is while we yeah. look up the plot. All right. An Interview with God is a film in which a journalist named Paul interviews someone who claims he is God. That's literally the plot. Mm-hmm. That's the, Over the he, course of three days. Over the course of three days. 30 minutes a day. Three 30-minute interviews with God. In the middle of those interviews... He just spends most of his time looking very forlorn because Because his wife is leaving him. He and his wife are having a problem because his wife had an affair and he's so mad about it. She's leaving him, I think. Yeah, I will say. I will say uh, there was actually I actually wrote in my notes that that was actually a fairly clever reveal because they really made us they, they set it up. Like uh, he had been the one yes. to to be to transgress, and that she was leave because she was leaving him, right? And yes. that he kept saying, "When well, you you came back from Afghanistan, where he was a journalist in Afghanistan, you came back from Afghanistan, you weren't the same." And oh, when a marriage has been unfaithful, you know how do you go back from that? And then they definitely made me feel like. And then the the girl who who calls him and he's like, "I can't talk to you right now." And then she shows up in his office and she's all sexy dressed and she's all gorgeous. And you're like, "Oh, bitch! Oh, the other woman!" And then right away, it's like, "Oh, that's his sister in law. Oh, it's it's his wife who cheated." Yeah. Oh, before he even left. Before, before he, he even left, left for Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Yeah, it was that was a very good. That I will say that was that was clever. That was they, a good reveal. They they did not give that away until they they revealed it um, so it has five reviews from critics to put it at 60 percent uh, fresh to rotten the fresh ones are from matt's movie reviews uh 3aw and filmink which is an australian film mm-hmm, review mm-hmm. site uh one of the negative reviews is from argentina <laughs> So well, it's uh, and then it has a, a Rotten Tomatoes boasts 100 plus audience ratings, which means wow. less than a thousand. That's really uh, sad. Uh, so and, and we and, could we could easily yeah fucks we, with that. We rating. could swing we could swing at a couple of percentage points just by us and any listeners who decide to go and watch this film <laughs> honestly rating it on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. So uh, anyway, um. Literally, the majority of the film is taken up with our journalist, Paul, sitting at various tables talking to God, who I remind you, the man who says he's he said he does say he's God, no matter mm-hmm. how he's credited. I, I, think I, remind it's funny, you, I just think it's funny that he's credited as the man, but they say he's God over and over, except that then at the end, which we'll get to. It's like, but was he? But then, like, yeah, he was. Yeah, I don't he was know. totally fucking God. As yeah. I will point out, once again, God played by David Strathairn, who's also in Eight Men Out, a fine film mm. about the Black Sox scandal. For those of you who enjoy oh, yeah. a good baseball film, that is a film that you could watch uh, David Strathairn in instead of an interview <laughs> with God. So that's the plot. 
they yeah. they talk and Paul gets uh, increasingly angry and yep. uh, does a lot of shouting bits and God looks very concerned yep. at his shouting saying he's only there to help and uh, then then seems to imply that he is going to die that Paul is going to die and that's why yeah. God is here it's, I, uh, go ahead yeah go ahead it's a uh, I think to you could sum this up even more simply and say, uh, uh, dude who is probably God gaslights the shit out of a journalist. <laughs> that I mean, that's the whole. That's yeah. like that's the whole plot. Yeah. Is is like he is. I mean, he's intellectually dishonest. Yeah, but also well, like literally dishonest. The majority it's of like, the film, like how they. It's like how the co- the courts decided that it's it's perfectly legal and ethical for cops to lie to you to get you to like admit to a crime or anything like right. that. Like it's right. it's it's legal for cops to lie. I feel like it's like that. It's like it's legal for God to lie to you to prove that I don't know, whatever he was trying to prove. Yeah. He was uh yeah. Uh I mean most of what happens is our is Paul asks God questions and God's response is, Well, what do you think? Yeah. I'm going to be glib and vague. Yes. I have three pages of notes. <laughs> I am going to send uh, you pictures of Tim so that you okay. can include them if you want in the show notes because I uh, I I had a good time taking notes during this movie. I will say here's a few things I want to mention for off the top of the film. Okay, one of the first things God says when he so okay so day one. Uh, God is always setting the locations. That's the one thing we know. God tells Paul where to meet him. Day one, he takes him to a place his dad always brought him to play chess. Day two, he takes him to a theater where his mom used to work. Day three, I don't know. They never fucking say. Mm-hmm. He takes it's just him a place. to a it's, white they warehouse. They literally it's never a, say. It's a, it's a hospital? It's a hospital, it's a, I think. I don't know. They never say, which I find infuriating it's a <laughs> like, nice day for a what warehouse like they go anyway. out of their way to be like my dad brought me here my mom worked here you know whatever i think okay. it's the, the hospital he would have been brought to if he had attempted suicide oh maybe sure uh, but they don't say that anyway but so we, first, I mean, we don't know for sure it's a hospital anyway so uh paul arrives to the very first day's interview god says you're five minutes late but that's okay we still have 25 minutes Moments later, he says, I exist outside of time. (laughs) But like, apparently, not really. He's only going to give the 30 minutes to the minute. No excuse for being late. Right. Uh, He says that he's omniscient in in the sense that Paul's like, well, you already know all the questions and all the answers. Right. And the dude's like, yes. But then later he keeps asking questions or saying, I don't know, Paul, you're going to have to tell me, which is also fucking infuriating because I can't. It's like. (laughs) God is being a very cagey prick and he thinks he's really funny. Like yeah. that, that is the overall thing with this. Um, yeah. If God existed, he would clearly be the funniest. Yeah. Uh, one of, in, in the universe. One of the first things that uh, Paul asks him in his questions is, can an atheist be a moral person? Yeah. I liked that question. And God says, yes. However, you can, he said, yes, but you can build a home on no foundation, but when the earth shakes, your house is going to fall down, which like, uh, I just wrote, go fuck yourself. Go <laughs> fuck yourself, God. Down, Cause it was just like, that's so frustrating. Just such a, that's such a, that's such a fucking like contemporary Christian argument. Right. 
it's, is that you're, you have a house, you have a home, but with no foundation. So when, when, when you things come back, get bad, you have no bedrock, you have nothing to turn to. It, yeah. it feels like a lot of the dialogue that's like that was uh, written by someone who isn't terribly smart in a way that they think. <laughs> is yes. I, I, right? I, one like, of the things. Oh, we, but I got, well, oh, what about this? Yeah. That's, that's like, about, that's that's about 90% of Christian apologist writing. Uh, yeah. yeah, we we said early on, it was like, this feels like stuff I discussed as a teenager, as a teenager, right. you know, like the way the way the questions were, um, maybe the intended audience is that shallow slash unplumbed that they just have never really thought about this. Um, I know that, you know, contemporary Christianity and part- Christianity in particular doesn't really uh, uh, want you to question. So it's entirely possible. Is that why the questions were so bad? That I he think was asking maybe. Or so yeah. bad? Yeah, he didn't even. He, he was like, "I don't want to ask why good thing. Why why do good things happen to yeah. bad things happen to good people? Because that's just a selfish question anyway. Most people are just asking that question about themselves. Yeah, it's like yeah. really because you know when I ask it, I'm not thinking about myself at all. I'm thinking about the five year old who dies of fucking cancer. Or, no, no, see, but he talks about that. That's that's all yeah. human stuff, guys. Yeah. that's all humans can fix all that, and so humans should. And humans are the real miracles. Yeah, that's. That's you, you're too busy asking why God doesn't fix things, man. And you should be asking why you don't fix things. Yeah, yeah. What? I'm, which, I'm not quite honestly I'm... is fucking re- is, is from an atheist point of view. Exactly. Right. Right. From yeah, our point yeah. of view, yeah. it's like, why are we asking how God's going to fix it? Why yes. aren't we fixing this shit ourselves? Yeah. And why so, are we donating money to a church and not to people that need it? Yeah. It is it is very much that modern Christian thing and I'm going to say contemporary Christian when I mean, you know, the the born again, the the evangelist, you know, kind of people that this movie seems aimed at that uh he says later in the in, and on day 2 he says you can't just believe you can't just have faith you have to do more like there has to be like, having faith isn't enough you have to like take action and like live your 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 faith and all this which is such a nebulous way of saying it's never enough right right like it's because it, that's the only way christianity works is if people are kept down mm. they have yeah. to be kept down by never being good enough they have to do more and I didn't take a lot of notes, but on day two, I did take a note uh, that uh, they were talking about uh, salvation, and uh, and our and and he's like, "This is what salvation is, and this is what heaven is, and who wouldn't want?" It's like market market salvation to me is what what God. Oh says. right, the capitalist metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, "Who wouldn't want that product?" And I'm like, "Me." I wouldn't want the what he's describing eternity with God. And that that's that's what the reward is. An eternity with God, this insufferable gaslighting prick that this dude is is interviewing right now. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't want that product? I would not. Yeah. Um, uh, There's also a couple parts where he he does that that thing that they actually make fun of in like mystery men where, you know, what's what's holding me back? The only thing holding you back from is yourself where, you know, it's just like turning it around just the takes, takes the thing and flips it around and says it back to you backwards. And it's just like, it's again, it's that like very superficial deepness. Yeah. Like, like, you know, what, why isn't God doing anything about all these bad things in the world? 
well, why aren't all these bad things in the world doing anything about God? Right. You should, you should ask yourself, you shouldn't ask yourself, why are good things happening to bad people? You should ask yourself, you know, or the strike that bad things happen to good people. You should ask yourself, you know, why do good people deserve bad? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Everything's one way. Then it's the other. Yep. Yeah. I, I, so when they said he was going to die, like they made it, it was so funny because they kept showing him almost get hit on his stupid fucking bike. Like two yeah. times. Day yeah. one, he almost gets hit. Day two, yeah. he almost gets hit. And then they're like, he's, oh, he's going to die. And I'm like, I hope he gets shot. And Nick says, I hope he gets bike cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I will say also, I wrote down that the most unbelievable thing about this entire movie is how often he barely locked up his bike and it didn't get stolen. Yeah, it's true. And then he didn't lock it up, and it did get stolen. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Just, like, just put it through the just put the U lock through the frame. Put it, put it through the frame and the wheel. Not yes. not either of his wheels. But then again, I mean, he has like a piece of shit Trek bike. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. Why did it even get stolen? I mean, seriously. Right. Another moment. Okay, this I, this is gonna live rent free in my head forever. He was trying to wake himself up because he was up all night, like with this interview, and he was he just couldn't crack it. Yeah. And so he splashed water on his face, and then he splashed water huh. under his pits. But he was wearing a long sleeve shirt. Yeah, so he splashed his so shirt with just, water. He just got his shirt wet. Uh, yeah, that did not what? that did not solve the underarm stank. God was going to notice. It, in fact, that may have made the underarm stank worse by like yeah. washing right? it down the shirt. Oh my god! By, the, by I... the way, God also knew that his bike was going to get stolen. Oh yeah, yeah. See, God, I, I, but, he, but he didn't know what happened to his hand. Yeah. If if he was if they were more clever about this movie, they would have set it up in such a way that like maybe God deliberately deliberately uh, frazzled this guy so that he forgot to lock up his bike and they made a point <laughs> of showing that to us so that then we see, oh, he would have gotten hit by a car and he would have died. And Something. that's how we, not, yeah. not this like, yeah. you're going to commit suicide yeah. in three days. You were going to kill what? you. What? No, I'm yeah. not. You were going to kill yourself. Even you're, with the, you're gonna. Well, I have a say the, in that. Even with the injured hand thing, it's like, why, you know, God's like, what happened to your hand? The dude's like, if you're God, you know what happened to my hand. And he's like, yes, but do you know why? Yeah. So, so <laughs> why did why did you do that? Why did you do the thing that got your hand cut? Do you have any idea what's going on in your head? You stupid fucking journalist. Yeah. Um, and well, and so like it felt like so the Paul character was very childish, very oh emotional. Very closed off. Uh, he, he struck me as being somebody barely out of his teens. And he, but he said he went to J school and stuff. So I'm like, I mean, it seems like he was probably at least 23, 24, yeah. you know? So like, and still that's young. Your brain's not done developing. That's possible. But like, so generally in these kinds of movies, the protagonist is standing in for the everyman, right? right. The protagonist is meant to be you. You're supposed to feel kinship with him. So mm -hmm. I guess that's the audience that the director is aiming for is like childish, emotionally unavailable, closed <laughs> off men. I guess. <laughs> I mean, He's he's a fairly accomplished journalist, which makes it unlikely he's just it out sure of college. Seems that way, yeah. I mean, he managed uh, to get he managed to get an assignment in Afghanistan, which is right. They they don't just send green kids over to a war zone usually. I mean, um, 
Soldiers, they do, but yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. The press, the press doesn't send green kids over to war right, zones. Right. The army totally has no problem with it. I, you know, um, what was the point of the subplot with the soldier friend he talks to on the phone who has PTSD that he talks to his boss into getting a number to help them. Like yes. they never just, they never say what the problem is. They never say what the help is he's getting. <laughs> they kind of allude to it being, he has PTSD or an injury and that he's getting some kind of medical help. They can see him today. Oh, with I that thought number. it was a job. I assumed oh, it, was you a assumed job. it was a job. I assumed yeah. like he, a, did, he had a job. He worked for some, he worked for the government in some yeah. nebulous <laughs> In some oh, was it way. the same guy that did the the yes yeah okay. it was the same so, guy so i i feel like was that whole thing just so that he had someone to ask a favor of to look up the picture of of god who so a guy could say but that guy died 12 years ago today yes that's exactly what it was i think you're that right because otherwise because they needed it to be that he owed him something so somebody would do that because i I mean, I guess maybe the Christians can't picture a person who would just do that for you. And maybe it's, he's uh, like, maybe it's like their way of showing that Paul is a decent person. I mean, I'm assuming, especially given that his editor is super is super Christiany too, that the the contact he's looking for is probably a priest, not an actual mental health professional. Oh, because okay. because remember the story that he was writing was about Christians in Afghanistan. But he said he worked for a secular paper. I don't know why his boss would be. Jesus, his boss definitely was like, I went through some tough times with my own wife, but he made a whole point of saying he works for a secular paper. Yeah, but he also talks about this is a way we can get God on the front page. Mm, yeah. That's as true. If anything, that's true. Like as yeah. if any of those questions would lead to an article that would go on the front page of yeah. fucking anything. As if like papers don't put religion, Christianity in particular, on the front page all the yeah. goddamn time, right? Yeah. Well, like, it, yeah. it takes it takes a Christian movie producer to say something like that to be like, well, God is never on the front page. It's like, well, Jesus Christ, why don't you sit down and just uh, every day buy a paper for a month and read the yeah. front page and circle anytime God or the church or religion is mentioned. And I'll yeah, bet you, yeah. I'll bet you it's way more than half the time. And then stop bitching about the fact that there's no God on the front page. I, I would love if someone with more writing talent than me and uh, maybe more uh, patience and threshold to, to watch this movie uh, were to actually go through the movie and write down all of the dialogue and the questions that he asks and God's response, and then actually write that article. Like yeah. it would have come from that because right. I can't imagine a coherent article coming out of that, that any newspaper would look at and be like, you know what? Yeah. Let's actually put that in a newspaper unless that newspaper was a religious newspaper. Like, otherwise it's going to be, I had a dream that this guy wanted to have three interviews with me. And so I went to places that were tied to my childhood. Except for the, the last one. Said, and then a guy who said he was God talked to me and then tried to play chess with me and then disappeared. And he died 12 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So the died 12 years ago thing. So my favorite bit about this was him saying to his, his, his friend, uh, he sends him a, he's like, if I send you a headshot, <laughs> can you run it through the database? The database. Yes. Like the database of headshots or like what? So he runs the headshot 
which, which, you know, is just a picture he took. I don't yeah. know why he calls it a headshot. If I send you this picture, runs it through the database and the database comes back and says, this guy died. And it's like, mm. oh, so mm. they just apparently this guy works with such government clearance and is willing to do a search. They have a, a reverse photo lookup. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know why he didn't just say, oh, my God, that's David Strathairn. Did you know that he was the star? Uh, he was in A League of Their Own, another fine baseball film. I'm just going to keep bringing up David Strathairn he, films you should all watch. Wait a minute. This guy died 12 years ago. He was actually eaten by lions. <laughs> oh, even better. He died in Afghanistan, guys. Uh, he died yeah. in Afghanistan 12 we, years ago. Can we talk for a minute about how dirty they do his wife? It's just mm-hmm. like... You know, first off, it's she's upset because he came home from Afghanistan and he's changed, which I mean, all right, dude was in a war zone that can do shit to you. She yeah, he had a lot of nightmares about coffin boxes yeah. and nothing else. <laughs> she doesn't seem to really give a big fat fuck about that, though. What she really seems to care about is that it turns out she cheated on him and she can't get over it. So she leaves him. She says to her sister-in-law, he destroyed my marriage Yes, about him. And I'm like, bold talk from an adulterer. But yeah. she says, he destroyed my marriage. He st- when he got back from Afghanistan, he stopped going to church. Yeah. And he stopped going to his prayer group. And it's like, oh, like wow. The, the goal for her to be mad yeah. at him yeah. about anything. Yeah. And then say that's what that's what's hurting their marriage. Right. It, it, it's It's just like. They make her out. And can we talk for a moment about how fucking idiotic it is that God gives this dude 90 minutes because his marriage is in trouble? Just asked just real quick. uh, It's (laughs) the real infidelity. Isn't that I slept with someone else. The real infidelity is that you stopped going to church. Yeah. (laughs) The the real, the real trust that was ruined was the trust between you and God. I, yeah, I slept with someone else, but you cheated on God with staying home <laughs> <laughs> with football. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, but it, it, what you're saying, Tim, it's like Molly was saying, like three 90 minute interviews, but you know, God is infinite. Well, and it's because it's because uh, he prayed and yes. he asked for help. He, God says it a lot. I'm here because you asked me. I'm here because you asked me to come. I'm here because of you. I'm here because you asked me to come. Like you prayed for this and, and yeah, because your, his marriage was in trouble and because his marriage was in trouble so much, he was going to kill himself. And again, that's just, I'm not, I understand suicidal ideation can be tough and everything, but it feels like this guy, his wife cheats on him. And then she's like, I need some space from you to figure this out. And so then he's going to kill himself three days later. But like, it feels like the most pressuring thing in his life is the conversations with God. It does. It yeah. really the, the and thing maybe that, he was just left alone, he'd be better. The thing that seems to be pushing him towards suicide more than anything <laughs> is God telling him that he's going to die. Or God telling him that, like, he can't, he's not figuring it out. You're just not getting it. Like, you're not, and being his stupid, like, baity self where he's, you know, doing Isn't his, that- like, Nick, like Nick was saying, his, his, uh, Mystery guy from, from Mystery Men, yeah. Isn't that Christian apologism in a nutshell, though? God, ba- is, it's basically Christian apologists saying to everybody, well, you just don't get it. And then somebody yeah. going, well, well, then 
do a better job explaining it. No, you need to explain it to yourself. No, that's not how this fucking works. If you're going to tell me I'm not getting it, you have to help me get it. That's the whole idea. Otherwise, you're just being a dick. Right. They had this whole thing about he talked in the, on day one. He talked to this whole thing about free will and God's will. And God was like, so free will and God's will are, aren't opposites. They're like puzzle pieces that fit together. Like, of course, you have free will. But like also there's God's plan. And like you can't know that. And I know everything. And he said, um, you have free will, which means you have to make your own choices and live with the consequences of them, which is pretty fucking convenient for an omniscient, omnipotent being to say, yeah. like, it, it, he just no answers. All of his answers were like, well, I guess you'll just have to figure it out. I guess you'll just have to figure it out, guy. If I, You're asking if I, the wrong question. If I was being interviewed by by someone and every answer I had was basically amount, amounted to, well, what do you think? Right. Like oh that, they, that per, three questions that journalists would be like, all right, fuck this. You're not yeah. taking this seriously. I'm out. Yeah. Also on, on day one, uh, one of the things God says is, because uh, Paul says, uh, what, what do you want from me? I don't understand. Like, why are we here? You know, you're not answering my questions. You're, you're being really, you're, what do you want from me? And God says a simple thank you would be nice. Whoa. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Like, just oh, how utterly fucking childish and needy is that? That, that was some old Testament jealous God shit. Yeah. That was some, like, I, I, I also was kind of amused by him sort of chuckling at, at himself about, huh, yeah, in the old Testament, I was kind of a dick. I mean, that's not what he yeah. said, but he's like, right? you know, I, I've mellowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the closest thing you ever get to God going, yeah, I I was I was actually wrong back then, but I'm I'm right now. I've got it. Paul, I've got it worked out. Paul says there's too many rules. There's there's so many rules. And he's like, which rules? And God's like, well, I can think of 10 off the top of my head. It's like, oh, oh my God. Is that what amounts to he for humor? When Christians were over Christians go, oh, that's the Ten Commandments <laughs> to themselves. Like, oh, later someone in the car is going to be like, what did he mean when he said I can think of 10 off the top of my head? Like, oh, it was the Ten Commandments, Bob. Oh, oh. my God. That's so smart. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. Oh, my God. The, uh, I imagine like Christians talking about this movie on their way home from the movie theater the way nerds talk about Easter eggs in a Marvel movie afterward. Like, did you notice that he said 10 things? That was a reference to the 10 commandments. Oh shit. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the license plate said L 13 and that's Leviticus 13. Oh, and they, he asked, he asked, are, is God just a clockmaker? And God said, no, I know that parable. Like, oh, I yeah. heard about that in my pamphlet about easy answers to people asking questions about faith. A couple of interesting things. Uh, uh, so they they showed him. He had a stack of books on on the, the night of day one. He had a stack of books next to his laptop. Yeah. And the top one had a very prominent title. Uh. It was "They That May Be Many." That's not a book. I searched up and down. <laughs> That's not a book. They greeked that cover for the movie. Uh, it is part of a psalm. It appears to be like, so I think that is like an Easter egg, as it were, for for somebody. Right. But then also 
A semiotic thing that I thought was really funny is that first day when he's really depressed, his wife left him that morning and he's had this thing with God and he's so frustrated and he opens the fridge and what's in the fridge. It's your classic, like, yeah. Oh, it's em- almost empty. There's a bottle of milk and a bottle of beer, but he goes for the milk because he's a good person and he goes to drink it. Oh, but it's spoiled. He has to drink the beer. No. That's the only thing left. The and devil there spoiled that you can milk. see that he is being pushed into a downward spiral. First it's one beer and then it's suicide. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that fast. I the think any, that anybody we know that is has drank themselves to the point that they're suicidal would would say that it was literally one beer to suicide less than twenty four hours later. So, oh, did you know David Strathen's uh, uh, son is in the keyboardist in the band Dawes? Oh no, I didn't Why, know that's that. Right. Dawes is a good band. Yeah, that is that. That sounds great. Uh, David Strathairn also, I think uh, it's important to point out, he was in Sneakers, which is a really, really great film. And uh, and uh, Sidney Poitier passed away just recently. He's also in that movie. So I would I would check and and River Phoenix, who of course died tragically young, uh, of a drug overdose, probably caused by there being sour milk, and so he had to take drugs instead. Is also in that movie. So. uh, David Strathairn is terrific in sneakers. You should definitely check that out. Molly, uh, I just want to check and see, do you have any other notes before we go on to five real, questions? Real quick. Uh, I, I did feel that when he was, when, when God on day three, which we haven't explained the very, the very end, which is uh, what well, God is like, you were going to kill yourself. And he's like, well, I was, and then God uh, disappears in a big, bold flash of white light. And then uh, Paul wakes up on the floor uh, in the room, uh, which, by the way, he re- he tried to leave and then it was locked. Mm-hmm. Then he was able to go back in. Uh, and, uh, and and it was bum, all, bum, was it real? And that's when he gets the text. It's like, we got to talk. And, and yeah, and he gets back with, together with his wife. It's stupid. But when God was saying to him in that room, you were going to kill yourself. And so I, you know, I did this for you. Like I fixed this for you. I took this, I took your mind off it. Like I made it so that you were thinking about something else. Oh, I I made it so that you were thinking about something else. For some reason, it made me think of. Have you seen? You know those drawings of their Christian drawings where like Jesus is helping is is right there with you, oh, like yes. helping you do something. And for the most part, they're pretty innocuous, like Jesus helping you with like a golf swing or Jesus helping you like you do a hammer. There's there is one. This is legit. Where yeah, Jesus is Jesus puts his arm. Uh, into another guy's arm. So he's the one taking the heroin. Oh, Jesus. And That's like, so great. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Like he paid for that heroin. Yeah. You didn't pay for that heroin. Jesus, you fucking stealing geezer. my fucking dope. Like, come on. Yeah. But that's what it made me think of was like, and of course, Jesus has a pained expression. He's like, oh, I'm taking this hit for you by my brother in Christ. And, and it just made me think of that. Like, oh, how selfless. He gave you something else to think about so that you wouldn't kill yourself. Oh, it was him. He gave you him to think about so that you could just be focused on talking to him and dealing with him. That's not selfless. That's self-absorbed. Yeah. The last note I wrote was dismissive wanking gesture. So yeah. that is how I feel about this movie. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. And I, the, the biggest problem with it is it is literally three long conversations between two guys. This is not a, my dinner with Andre kind of film. It's not my dinner with God. The, no. the conversations are not interesting. God is a total douche. Uh, it's, it's just a Paul's tough, a whiny bitch. The, the, yeah. Oh, and Paul, it's like, dude, your wife left you get some fucking therapy 
and yeah. work over, work through this shit. If you want her back, then you got to go and tell her that you want her back, and and tell yep. her that you love her and that you forgive her. You didn't need God to tell you that. You just mm-hmm. needed to stop thinking with your dick. <laughs> if I had one character I would like to know more about, it is his busybody coworker yeah. <laughs> who has no lines. Uh, she sits at the cubicle next to him, and her whole job appears to be to be dumpy. And to stare at him whenever anything is happening so that he feels like someone's watching him judging and us. judging him. And I wonder, I want to know if she's someone's like Christian niece or if she's like, is she like the secretary for the, the charitable film place or like what? <laughs> or did she did she audition? Like, did she have to give a monologue? Like, did she come to the audition? And she's like, I'm, I'm auditioning for the part of a nosy co-worker. Yeah. And it's like she gave a whole like, did she do Lady Macbeth's speech or like she did a whole thing to try <laughs> to like convince them that she should be allowed to sit dumpily in a chair and stare at a dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to move on to five questions before you do. I just yeah. want to remind you, uh, David Strait there has been in many fine films among those L.A. Confidential, a fine mm. noir film that does have some. Definitely dated misogynistic issues and also Kevin Spacey's in it. So I don't know how you feel about that. But speaking uh, of Kevin Spacey, uh, Nick thought that the end of this movie was going to be like uh, uh, the usual suspects. He's like, oh, shit, he's doing a Kaiser <laughs> Sose on the, as he replayed in his mind all the God things. Do you remember you were what was it you were? Uh, uh Oh, uh, he's going to look at the he's going to look at the coffee mug and see that <laughs> it says that, he, you know, oh, believe in God. And he's going <laughs> to walk like by the walk by the sign on the street and the sign on the street's going to say, you know, like suicide prevention. And <laughs> like, just like, was, yeah, yeah. Uh, a Kaiser yeah. Soze moment. It totally felt like that. <laughs> All right. So uh, five questions. We put out the call right. to get people to answer our newest five questions and it's happening. Oh, thank you, listeners. Yay. We have quite a few in the hopper. Uh, what are we going to start with, Molly? We have five answers from Gray Zestera. Hey. Hey, Gray. Wrote, Thanks. Yep. They are a patron. And so they are in line here and uh, they have their five answers. And I'm very excited to read them to you. So you guys read the questions and I'll answer for All Gray. Right. First, number one, what's a game you've played recently that you really enjoyed? I recently played Mist for the first time since Ooh. childhood. <laughs> I had been looking for a low stakes puzzle game and went with one that was truly delightful. Oh, I haven't played Mist in 30 years. <laughs> I could never figure out the, the Mist, Zork, games like that. I don't know. My brain did not work that way. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Tried them, could never do anything with them. But I'm glad that, that you were enjoying playing it, Greg. Yeah. Uh, question number two What science factor discovery do you think is really fucking cool? I love talking about color theory. Like, Mm. for instance, we as humans really only see red, green, and blue. All other colors are our brains doing best guesswork. Purple is the easiest to explain. Between blue and red is green, but our eyes don't see purple as green, so we just make it up on our heads. That's very cool. Purple doesn't exist. That is a cool science fact. Question three. Uh, Where do you get your sense of right and wrong from? Because we know it isn't religion. I'm sure right and wrong were conditioned into me as a child, but taking ethics classes in college really helped me nail down right from wrong and helped me decide what I wanted to keep from that conditioning and what I wanted to be rid of. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point for those of us that were raised religious, you know, that, that there's, there's the actual, 
you know, your own moral and ethics and the, the, the by the book stuff that gets drilled into you. Yeah. All right. Question four, if you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for the rest of your life, what chore or task would you choose? Groundskeeping. If I can have a robot that will shovel snow and keep up Mm. the lawn maintenance, they wouldn't go as undone as they have been. Yeah. That's that's, yeah. I love doing that stuff. That's the worst thing about owning a house for me. That's like the last thing I would have a robot do, to be honest. (laughs) What if, it, what if it was like raking and taking care, watering the plants? I love it all. I love it. Uh, I love doing it. All right. And question five, uh, what's a movie or TV show you think everyone should watch? Sorry to bother you. Oh, yeah. It's got a very strong oh, yeah. pro-labor message, and it's super fucking weird to boot. It gives me a little pause because Arnie Hammer has a central role, and I won't blame anyone for avoiding it for that reason. Yeah, that's Thanks, a really, Greg. really weird, fun film. Very interesting film. Yeah. So that's that's great. Great. Thank you very much. Now, anybody listening right now could send us those ans- answers to those five questions. Just send it to five questions at geeks without God dot com five or five, whichever way you want to do it. And I'll let you figure <laughs> that out, figure that out for yourself. And if you want to ask me what I meant, I will say, what do you think I meant? <laughs> yeah, also, that's if, right. you're a, if you're a patreon supporter put that in the subject line and you'll get put in the patron queue if it's not in the subject line i may not know i don't know everybody in the yeah. list i don't have a running list in my head y'all yes uh so uh do not watch an interview with god unless you want to watch a really boring Christian film. If you'd like to watch a good film with uh, David Strathairn, why not Good Night and Good Luck, a film about Edward R. Murrow and the uh, the Red Scare, the uh, the um, McCarthy hearings. Uh, mm-hmm. David Strathairn was nominated for Best Actor, an Oscar for Best Actor for that film. It's a very, very good movie, and I would strongly recommend it. I would not recommend an interview with God. Certified rotten. (laughs) But we have been Geeks Without God. We will join you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Jason Strathairn was also in the 1999 A Midsummer Night's Dream, which is complete shit, but better than this movie. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God, and you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Oh, that's how you know it's God. Oh. No, babe, that's how you know it is an episode. <laughs>